Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello and welcome to the Around the Twelve podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co-host Greg Hockert, who's drinking a Sam Adams currently. Let's go, Greg. I'm a classy man. What can I yes. say? Yes, you are. I just took it right out of your fridge. <laughs> I'm drinking an old fashioned. We're we're having a good time tonight. Well, you're a little classier than I am. So. <laughs> well, everybody, this uh, this week's episode is going to be a little bit short. We want to keep it short for you guys because the next two episodes are going to be really in depth uh, and really exciting. Um, next next week. Uh, let's see, That's that'll be April 27th. We're going to be dropping an episode where we interview Ryan Gendron. Ryan um, played baseball at Oklahoma State, played basketball at Tulsa, and is now playing basketball at Northeastern State in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And we're really excited to have him on. Um, yeah, Greg's got some good questions lined up for him. I think we both do. I think it'll be a good time. We're, we're really excited to have him on, and uh, it should be a good uh, longer episode. So like Tanner said, probably probably keep this one pretty short. Yep. And then the following week, so the, the, ne- the next next episode will drop on May 4th, um, and we are going to have Dustin Ragusa on. Dustin is a one of the hosts of Feels Like 45, which is a solely Oklahoma State podcast. And so this is kind of starting to cover – each team in the Big 12 more in depth, but with people who only focus on those respective schools. Kind of a um, spring preview, too, of football season. A little, um, I don't know if you can call it a, a way too early preview, but um, as we get into the summer months and start to talk to hopefully some uh, some other individuals from the, like Tanner mentioned, focus solely on one Big 12 school, have a little bit more... Uh, depth and insider knowledge to those uh, football programs. We can kind of get their outlook on what their football season expectations are and um, what we should be watching for. Yeah, we're really excited to uh, to have these guys on. Also, if anybody wants to have a specific podcast host on um, to talk about a specific school, please let us know, reach out to us, and we will do what we can. Um, all right, Greg, let's jump right into this this quick and shortened episode. So Big 12 Baseball, um, two teams have actually dropped out of the top 25 this week. That would be, I believe, TCU and Oklahoma State. But Texas moves up to 14 from 19. They won their series versus Baylor 2-1. to And then Texas Tech moved up from 21, and they're now ranked 16th in, in the country. They won their series versus Oklahoma last week 2-1, to and then they... They played a two-game series versus Grand Canyon University uh, this week, which I believe is ongoing. Uh, Greg, you want to hit softball really quick? So softball, we still have the four ranked teams that we've had almost all the year. OU is still number one. Uh, they played Miami, Ohio, and they won both games. Oklahoma State uh, is now ranked number three. Um, I believe last week they dropped down one. Uh, they won their series against Iowa State. However, they dropped the third game. So they won that series 2-1. to one. Uh, Definitely, Oklahoma State was probably looking for a sweep there, being that Iowa State's towards the bottom of the conference. But uh, I'm sure Iowa State feels good about grabbing one out of the three. Uh, Texas is now ranked 7. They're up one spot. They beat Kansas 2-1. to one. 
Baylor stays at 19, and they also won 2-1 to in their series versus Texas Tech. Yeah, good to see from all the Big 12 teams in uh, baseball and softball. We're getting close to the to both postseasons. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Greg, so yes, I know we just – it's baseball, softball, golf season, but uh, it's also spring football season. Um, some schools are – they love – their spring football game. Some schools don't have spring football games. What are your thoughts on a spring football game? I mean, you could take it a lot of different directions. I would say, I would say I'm fairly neutral on it. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think that only, for the most part, only overreactions happen to spring football games because we haven't had football and. We're going on well college football we haven't had going on for four months now um and so people are are, are desperate to say the least for yeah. a taste of football season and that's kind of what these spring games give you along with a glimpse at uh what the team is going to look like here in uh five four or five months so i don't i don't love them but i'm not opposed to them either i think that if the university and the football program can create a more build more than make it more than just about the spring game like have players return to visit make it a huge recruiting weekend have stuff going on that doesn't focus just on football like if if their baseball team is hosting a series that weekend kind of making it like a all-around athletics weekend rather than just here's our spring game yep yep i agree i mean like i've mentioned plenty of times before on the podcast i'm originally from colorado and what cu is doing is insane. They're bringing back like 20 plus former players who ended up playing in the NFL. Obviously, Coach Prime has has got it rolling. It's a sold out um sold out spring game. So, it's good in that sense. It can be good in that sense, but it also can be slightly overhyped. So, I'm also I'm neutral there with you. If you don't have a lot to gain from a spring football game, then I don't I'm not opposed to it. I know, you know, Tanner and I being OSU fans, we follow OSU closer. They're one school that is not doing a spring game, and that is mostly because their stadium's under renovations, but uh, head coach Mike Gundy has stated multiple times that they could not afford to lose a weekend of recruiting in this uh, springtime, which uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, a lot of schools use this spring game to uh, their advantage when it comes to recruiting, um, but if you're not packing your stadium with, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 people, which not a lot of schools can do, but like you mentioned with the hype around Colorado's program, I think they'd be, I think it'd be a missed opportunity if they didn't do a spring game. Uh, OU's able to pack in a lot of people. Texas had a lot of eyes on them last weekend, especially with Arch Manning's first public appearance as a quarterback at the University of Texas. So when you're a school like that, I think, yeah, you, you know, you kind of have to go for it and capture that momentum. But if you've got, um, if if you don't have quite the massive fan base, then I don't, I don't feel it's necessary to play a spring game in front of 10,000 people. Yep. Yep. I agree with you. All right, Greg, let's, uh, let's, let's jump through this transfer portal departures and commits. Whoa, did you get that? Jump through the transfer portal? All right. Hit you with a little pun right there. Um, all right. So Cincinnati had a power forward enter the portal. If if these guys aren't aren't ranked yet in in the either on three or twenty four seven, which are great websites 
for any recruiting news. Um, then we're just going to basically glide on past. So uh, Cincinnati had a power forward enter the portal. Um, Houston had Malik Wilson enter the portal. He's a senior. He's a three-star and has one year of eligibility remaining. Um, Kansas State had Anthony Thomas enter the portal. He redshirted last season, uh, but he's only a sophomore, so with that redshirt, he has three years of eligibility left. And then Oklahoma State had two guys enter the portal. Uh, Woody Newton, who is listed as a forward. He's more of a stretch forward. And then Tyreek Smith, also listed as a forward, uh, more of that power forward uh, type. They are both three stars. Both got a, a lot of playing time last year, so... Whatever teams they end up on, uh, they'll, they'll add some experience. Texas Tech had Jalen Tyson enter the portal. Uh, he's a four-star uh, sophomore, so he still has two years of eligibility remaining. He averaged almost 11 points per game and played in uh, every single one of Texas Tech's games last year. So pretty big loss uh, from, from Tech. Or could be a pretty big get for another team in the Big 12. We'll have to. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of interconference transfers, so or at least some rumors about, about interconference transfers. Yep. All right. So that, I mean, that's pretty light on the departures this week. I think we have about as many commits as we do departures. We're at like that peak, I think, of the roller coaster where, you know, now it's like now we start to go downhill and there's less departures and more commits. Yep. Which is exciting for Big 12 fans across the country. Um, Let's see. Baylor had uh, Jaden Nunn commit. He's a three-star shooting guard from VCU. He has two years of eligibility left, and he averaged almost 10 points a game last year. Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty solid. I think he will have to uh, come up with a lot of scoring, or um, Baylor's going to have to play some, some true freshman next year to replace some of the scoring from LJ Cryer. Um, Iowa State got Curtis Jones, a shooting guard from University of Buffalo, who averaged 15 points per game, which University of Buffalo is not the biggest school in the country, um, but scoring 15 points in Division One basketball is nothing nothing to sneeze at. Iowa State is quickly winning the transfer portal, too. They've got a, a solid amount of, of not just, like, commits where, you know, you have, you're just adding depth, but they've got starters. They're adding starters in, yes. in the portal um, for, for next year. Um, Kansas added uh, a four-star shooting guard from Towson, speaking of small small D1 universities, uh, named Nick Timberlake. Uh, he is a senior, only one year of eligibility left, but he averaged 18 points per game at Towson. Uh, so they're adding a lot of scoring for sure. Uh, Oklahoma, they added Javion McCollum. He is a point guard, three-star uh, from Siena, averaged 16 points per game, so Again, that's a lot of production, even coming from a smaller university. Especially as a sophomore, that's that's, yeah. that's good to see. Still two years of eligibility, so uh, and I believe I don't. I think this is super recent, as of like an hour or two ago. But I think they got another commitment. They got oh. a big from uh, Pitt, and I, I'm blanking on his name, but I uh, I do know for a fact I saw that on interesting Twitter earlier today. So uh, OU is adding a little bit of. Uh, of depth, John John Hug- Hugley. Is that his oh, name? yeah, John Hugley, four-star uh, center from Pitt. Yeah, good call, good call out there, Greg. Six nine two forty. So OU's OU's putting in some work in the portal, uh, and then to round it out, our last two schools, Texas Tech and West Virginia, both added one player each. Tech added 
uh, a four-star small forward from Nevada, Darian Williams. Uh, He averaged an even seven points and seven rebounds per game, also three assists. Um, But he's a true freshman, so he's still got three years of eligibility left. Um, Plenty plenty of opportunity uh, for growth there. And then West Virginia... Uh, with a huge, huge win in the portal. They also, along with Iowa State, I think, have been uh, the winners of the transfer portal as far as the Big 12 goes. Maybe we can uh, pick our winners and losers like we did for football when this thing's all wrapped up. But uh, Absolutely. West Virginia and Iowa State are, are far out in front of the rest of the pack right now. Uh, West Virginia added Jesse Edwards, a four-star center from Syracuse. He averaged Gosh. a double-double, almost 15 points per game, 10 rebounds, and to go along with two assists. That's so... And that's and 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 he is um, he's their second commitment. Um, what's the uh, the guard from Arizona's name? Is like Kerr, uh, Kerr Carissa. Yeah. So uh, both of those t- two guys were uh, two of the most sought after players in the in the portal. Honestly, uh, especially uh, especially the guard they added last week. So uh, West Virginia and Iowa State are are putting in putting in some work. Yeah. Um... Jesse Edwards is a senior, so he has one year of eligibility left. And Kirk Kreese is a junior, so he has uh, one to two, depending on how he uses that COVID year. So West Virginia is looking solid at least for the next year, if if not the next two. Um, Well, Greg, that was very quick, but I think maybe our listeners might appreciate that. Man, we could have made like a, this could have been like a little YouTube video even. Just got to get a camera set up. Yeah, we got to figure something out about that. Well, um, everybody, we thank you for joining us tonight or today, whenever you're listening to us. Um, if you guys have any questions for either uh, Ryan Gendron or Dustin Ragusa, who we're having on in the next two weeks, um, DM us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, we'll, we have a uh, Instagram post out or story out right now asking for questions. So, yeah, let us know if you guys have any questions that you want us to answer or our guests to answer. We will be happy to ask him for you guys. Um, well, we hope you have a great, great rest of your day, great rest of your evening. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.